Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Youngest is confident, but they hear the what we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this man, we just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NBA Finals preview edition of 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. Whether you're checking us out live on Facebook, on YouTube, on your podcast provider of choice, including Amazon Music now. We're on there. This That's is fun. The, it is fun, yeah. <laughs> this is the show that we didn't think we'd be able to have this year because of the coronavirus. It is here. It is happening. It is NBA Finals time. It is the Lakers. It is the Heat. And we had, to get, we had to get Team NBA it is weird. for this. It is so, to my left, if you're watching it on the Facebook uh, thing, is my co-host, Mr. Shad Mackey. Hello, everybody. How are you? Big fan, big fan of the clear frames, my friend. Big fan. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Do you like my white shirt that I wear all the time? Every episode. I just, I don't. <laughs> I just, I, I want to. dress up to, for the camera. I do. I do. This is my, this is, I'm like Ernest where he's always got the, the Heather Gray <laughs> shirt and the vest and he's got like a bunch of them in his closet. So same thing. Yes. Underneath me is the host of Shot Collars. My man, a hundred grand, Mr. Benny Brown. What's good? I love when the four horsemen ride, baby. This is going to be a fun <laughs> conversation. Four horsemen in the building. What's going on? Does that make me flare? You're yeah, right, that Anderson. You. <laughs> <laughs> You're the enforcer. What are you talking about? I'll take it. I'll take it. I hope that our – and, of course, Ben, you got to do this one. I can't, I can't do okay. this introduction. All right. All right. And to my bottom is my man, my ace buku. My number one, Joshua Odellis, Pharrellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Hayes. What's good? Live from the finals bubble. What's up? <laughs> uh, hey, man, this was even harder to get in than the original bubble. Oof. Man. <laughs> My guess, um, I guess if we're throwing names around, does that make me Tully Blanchard? Are we? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There you I, go. There I like we rocking the dip. We rocking a different four horsemen on Lex Luger out here. I mean, just... <laughs> some four horsemen we can't discuss for yeah, um, we yeah some for legal yeah, legalities for, for, le- for legalities we can't yes. get into all the four horsemen. Yes, <laughs> but folks, this is NBA Finals time. It's so exciting to finally be here. Um, literally, almost a full year after the season started, we are finally having the NBA Finals. Um, I guess we got to touch on some sort of big news before we get to it. And that is um, Doc Rivers got fired, folks. Doc Rivers Man. got fired. And Man. so I'm going to let Josh talk about this because Josh and I debated all year if the Clippers are really an NBA championship team. And I said no, because they can't coincide. And Josh said, Doc will figure this out. <laughs> Doc might be figuring this out in New Orleans next year, Josh. Maybe. Well, Matt, I'll tell you what. Um, we we have you know we have our text threads that we as we see stuff we send it through and as the as those games were going on when we got to game five and game six after game four, um, I was sending text messages to you guys and I was just like I can't even believe what's going on right now. I mean, for the Clippers to have double-digit leads in the second half in all three of those games, 
and lose. I mean, as much as I was the one that said Doc will be the one that will get them together, like I thousand percent blamed him solely on him for the <laughs> colossal downfall of that team. It was like it was like he stopped coaching. Like he, there was no strategy whatsoever. It was almost like he's like, I got the horses. They'll be fine. I won't call timeout. I won't do this. I won't do that. And he just let them play, man. And, and Denver was hungry and they wanted it more. And I really, truly feel like that team was constructed solely to beat the Lakers. And that was it. I agree. And they just overlooked Denver altogether. Like it was almost like, yeah, we're going to win this series, man. We got to look forward to the Lakers. So we're not even going to pay attention to what's going on. And before they knew it, they were like, um, we're about to lose this series. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think the league was ready for the, for the nuggets this year. I we weren't, we weren't. No. Cause we, I mean, I mean, Tim and myself talked just mountains of shit about them. We did pretty, pretty much. The, and it was completely unfounded. We're just like, we're not big believers. I feel like in Nikola Jokic, but I I'm, I'm a bigger believer now. Yeah. I'm sold. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sold on that team at this point, but they, uh, whew, I mean, I, the Clippers, man, like a team that was already good, and then you throw two Hall of Famers on it, and they're not able to make it work, especially after, I mean, after last year with Kawhi Leonard leading the Toronto Raptors to like literally the most unlikely championship in NBA history. Mm-hmm. I think I think we all oversold what Kawhi could do this year. We're like, this guy is magnificent. He could do anything. Um, he could he could walk on water. That guy and and we would be like, yeah, it's Kawhi. And this year, we finally we we he's on this amazing team. And it's like, man, the Lakers are going to have a hard time. But it's like, they didn't even make it. Right. Yeah. So, I yeah, really feel. Yeah. I, I was gonna say I really feel like. After that happened, I think we were all kind of like, oh, you know, they'll, they'll, Doc will figure it out next year. And, you know, da, da, da. I think, I think not even maybe Michael Winger, but maybe Steve Ballmer was the one that stepped in and was like, look, like I bought this team, like I'm worth $70, 80000000000 billion. Like I, I sold my house to win a championship and you guys didn't come through. Like somebody's got to take the, the ownership of this. And it was Doc. Well, I, I think too. Yeah, I I think with that though, I think um, Sean made a great point. I think they staked a lot in Kawhi um, and undersold, I guess, the role of the teammates. So Kawhi is, I mean, Kawhi is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but you know, no matter what team you're on, you got to have some kind of cohesion um, and some kind of uh, com- some kind of camaraderie. And I felt like. Going into that, I, I felt like even other players like, all right, well, Kawhi, what are you going to do? Are you going to save us? And they kind of kind of looked around. <laughs> they're like, Paul, they're like, Paul George, what are you going to do? He's clanking freeze off the side of the backboard. You're like, oh, well, you ain't, he was like, oh. so they're bad. Like, they're like, well, you ain't crap. Come on, Kawhi, save us. He's like, it's almost like, like, what are you going to do, Kawhi? Kawhi's like, man, hey, hold on, man. I'm just one guy. You know what I mean? So I felt like. <laughs> I came to you know, LA I, to chill. Yeah, I came to LA to chill. Like, like you guys are supposed to, you know, you guys are supposed to do the heavy lifting, and then no, I, I won up, the title you know? last year, not you guys. Right. I did. Not you guys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so yeah, I, you know, it's crazy. This stands by my point. I've been saying all year, Kawhi should have signed with the Lakers. Let's just go ahead and say it. It should have happened. Man, I mean, could you even imagine? I mean, we, we did imagine this before. We, we, we all kind of hoped it would happen, but, like, like I, I can't even fathom that roster together. I don't, I'm not sure it would, like, 
they would mesh like in like a like a camaraderie kind of way but oh my gosh that would just be it would just be like the greatest team ever yeah i I agree um so let's go ahead then that's enough clippers talk we don't care about the clipper bums anymore um so, bums. by the way you know how they always call lebron like why they gotta be bums why they gotta be bums <laughs> you know how they always call like lebron like LeBum when something goes wrong is Kawhi now yeah. kabum <laughs> is that a thing facebook listeners is Kawhi uh, kabum now yes or no you, please you, let us you know you in the chat yes yeah or you can or you can or you can be like Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> with a question mark, always. With a question mark. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, there was that stuff going around. Apparently, the Spurs were pissed. He won that title with the Raptors. You know, the Spurs now are like clinging glasses. Like, sorry, oh, buddy. Because, yeah. you know, like, Pop hates, like, LA teams, hates them. So, yeah. Um, let's go ahead and go we'll kind of talk about real quick before we get into the actual finals matchup itself. Um, if you remember, when we recorded Shot Callers last Thursday, uh, Josh and I both kind of said, like, we think the Celtics will win Friday, but the Heat are getting the series over the weekend. That's exactly what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. we, I think we did pick the, late, the Nuggets to get another win, so we'd see both series go six. That obviously didn't yeah. happen. But going into what we saw now, um, you know, obviously, we, like, last week, all the talk was Tyler Hero, and he was fantastic, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But... What we saw from Miami, this crazy run where they've been the lower seed in every matchup, and you're seeing all these guys playing their role and fitting in like we talked about last week, that crazy zone. Um, where do we – are we overrating the Boston Celtics? You guys know I couldn't wait to ask this question. Oh, I knew you knew coming. I couldn't wait. I knew that was coming. But, like, we've said this year to year. How many years now have we been like the Boston Celtics, Eastern Conference champions? Boston well, Celtics. They haven't been to the Eastern. They haven't been past the Eastern Conference Finals in ten years, people. Ten I, years. I mean, I mean, until uh, Jimmy Butler uh, uh, did what he's did with the with the Miami Heat. I mean, I, I still thought Boston had a pretty. I mean, at the beginning of the year, they played kind of like crap, and then everything started clicking mid year, and then the pandemic happened, and you know they were fine and everything, but they're. Jason Tatum is a superstar. He's an he absolute is. superstar. Mm-hmm. So is, and I think Kemba does a great job too on that team. Like he wasn't terrible. He could have been better in, in, in some games, but he was, he was fine. But Gordon Hayward uh, is playing like he's washed and he's going to get moved this year. I, there's no doubt in my mind, he will be the first one that is moved. And it's, it's kind of sad because his whole career with the Celtics has been kind of a loss since that horrific injury that made Tim yeah. literally throw up <laughs> true story don't like seeing bones bend that way i don't i don't i don't know i don't know where they go from here they're gonna make they've got a ton of draft picks though um yeah you know they're gonna they're gonna make a splash but what what do you guys think makes... same story every year the same Celtics have a ton year. of draft picks they're gonna make a move how many oh, times I'm, we I'm, heard this i'm i'm not i'm not bones. uh <laughs> Word of the night. Word of the night. Bums. 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 Yeah, I think I don't know. What what do you what would in your guys' mind for the Boston Celtics, what would what would put them over the top right now? Because I mean, uh Miami just outplayed them. Yeah, I think that um Hayward really let them down. I do agree with that. 
Um, Tatum's a superstar. I like Jalen Brown. I like Marcus Smart. Yeah. I like Kimba. I like yeah. all those guys. They're all good. Um, they, I, I think they're missing. To me, I feel like they're missing like a veteran, like leader. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to be Andre Iguodala, but like an Iguodala. Um, I like, like I like a, that though. I like that. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But they need a guy like that who who has been to the finals, knows what it takes, um, you know, who can still give you quality minutes, who can still give you uh, leadership, um, can still give you defense. They need somebody like that, where um, you you know you rely on your young guys to get you through the season. But then you lean on the elder statesmen to kind of get you through those playoff games and that playoff push. I think that's what Boston's missing. With all those draft picks, um, I I do agree Hayward's going to get moved. Um, I I think they got to find a guy like that, uh, maybe like an Eagle Dalla or, or or an uh, Al Horford. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah, I mean Al Horford kind of looked he was he looked kind of down this year, um, but maybe that's because he was playing with Embiid, but. Um, but yeah, they need somebody like that. That's going to be able to lead them through and have some championship pedigree to help them get over the hump. Um, I think that's what they're missing. And I, and I, I it would be nice to see somebody join up with them and kind of, kind of show them the way of how to get to a championship. Cause I do think they have the talent. I mean, their talent's undeniable. They just need that veteran leadership, that veteran confidence of a person to be there to help them get over the hump. Um, so my take on the Celtics is, is they have, um, too many soldiers, so to speak, and they have no captain kind of, kind of what you were saying, but I like this, but, but, but in a sense of it, like, so when push comes to shove and, you know, the game is on the line, um, the Celtics, you know, need a bucket. Like they still don't have that guy that they're like, okay, we have trust in you that every single time we need something, we're going to go to you. And Jason Tatum is probably supposed to be that guy, but the way that the Celtics run their offense, there's too many guys out on the floor that can be that guy. And, you know, it could be, it could be um, Kimball one time down the floor, and then it's Jalen Brown one time down the floor, then they go to Hayward, and then it's Tatum, and then it's Smart. Like, there's no alpha on the team that says, give me the ball, you know, when push comes to shove, I'm going to go make something happen. And I think Tatum needs to be that guy, and he's not grown into that spot yet. Um, you see it time and time again. Like, I know a lot of us kind of, you know, me specifically, like, I like LeBron. I don't love LeBron. But, like, when you go back and look at that Lakers series in that game five, Oof. like, LeBron shut, shut it down. Like, he was just like, <laughs> I'm not letting the game go game six. He was like, I'm coming out. I'm putting my foot on throats. Ball game. And that was pretty much what happened. And Davis had a good game, but, like, LeBron's – that's the LeBron I wish I saw every single night on the floor. Like, sometimes he's not like that because he does have an Anthony Davis and he doesn't have to be. But, like, Boston needs that guy every single night when they're in dogfights and they don't have it. And Tatum has to be that guy. I don't think Jalen Brown can shoulder that load. I don't think Kemba can shoulder that load. I don't think Marcus Smart can shoulder that load. When the crunch time comes, it has to be Jason Tatum. And until they figure that piece out, I think they're always going to be in a position where they just have a bunch of guys on the floor that they're saying, oh, we can win games because we have all these guys. But nobody steps up and takes leadership on taking the game over when it counts the most. 
Yeah, I think all those are good points. I think uh, they're the Boston Celtics. And uh, by the way, guys, if you could have a superstar or Brad Stevens, uh, who exactly would you take? A superstar or Brad Stevens? Do you remember that tweet that like Chris Maddox sent like after the Celtics like oh. lost to the Cavs? And he was like, if you could choose to have a superstar player or Brad Stevens, who would you rather have? And it's like, Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. What? You know who people are really crediting the Lakers success to? Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel is the guy <laughs> everyone's excited about in the Lakers. Um, on the other end, John, like Sean said earlier, we've talked about it quite a little bit already. Uh, the Nuggets obviously blew all of us away. I knew you, you guys, Ben and Josh, were higher on them than Sean and I were. But just seeing how good Jamal Murray was and how clutch he was, really until the last game, I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. seemed like the, you know, when they started having LeBron guard him was kind of when you saw his game kind of take a step back. Um, and it kind of just looked like to me, it just was a team that wasn't ready to close yet. I know that's saying yeah. something for a team that just had two back-to-back three, one comebacks, but it felt like in that series against the Lakers, because every game they were in it. I mean, every game mm-hmm. the Lakers would have like a 12, 14, 15 point lead and the Nuggets would come back and be down four or five. And like, they were impressive as hell. They were really good. Um, I know we talked about like why isn't Bull Bull there for that Anthony Davis shot? I don't understand that move. But other than that, I think Mike Malone coached as good of a series as they possibly could against a team that was more talented than his. Um, I don't like to say watch out for XYZ team because if I've learned anything from the Oklahoma City Thunder, nothing's guaranteed year to year. But I feel really good about this group for the Nuggets. If they get better defensively, if they can get some defensive guys to go with the Murrays and the Jokic's and all those players, like, you know, Josh and I talked last week, Monte Morris is awesome. Like he could be a starting point guard on just about any NBA team that doesn't already have like a a great point guard. Like if you put Monte Morris on, he's better than a Knicks point guard. I know that's not saying much, but (laughs) better than a Bulls point guard. He's better than any Pacers point guard. So it's like, yes, you know, I so agree. that's what I feel like. But I think like and Mike Malone's obviously a really good coach. He's obviously got a very horrible side of the deal with the Kings, but what coach hasn't um, right. as Luke Walton is just like, well, I was going to say Luke Walton is learning that right now. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, what do you guys take away from the Nuggets in this series? Again, I know they lost in five, but even though they lost in five series, they were impressive as hell. Yeah, I know the what uh, if. I know the what ifs are, are are. I'm telling you that if Anthony Davis doesn't make that shot, and I know it's a big what if because he made it. Sure. that's a yeah. whole that's a whole different series. You're right. It literally, is a whole different series. Yep. yep. Yeah, I would well, agree. Go ahead, with that. man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no. I, that's that was the point I was going to make. We we talked about that. That series could have easily been two one Nuggets. I mean, going into Game Four, and now you know the Lakers have to try to fight out of the hole. So. I mean, that's a that's a whole different series if Anthony Davis' shot does not go down. But um, my thoughts on the Nuggets, uh, I think Mike Malone did an outstanding job uh, with his with his young talent. I think yes. that uh, Jamal Murray's coming of age. I know that when we had talked earlier, Tim, I was asking if you were a believer and you were like, no, nah, I'm not really sold. But then, you know, as the series went on, you could really see him grow and mature into that yeah. leader, into that to that alpha, like, you know, give me the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Boston didn't have, doesn't have really that alpha, but Jamal Murray became that alpha. And um, to see that, that coming of age, uh, you see Jokic go back to being Jokic. Monte Morris steps up and does an excellent job. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a problem. Um, And and you still, 
did not get to see Bol Bol. So Bol Bol gets a, <laughs> a, a hopefully another half year to get ready to be inserted into that lineup. So I mean, they've got young talent. They've got guys that you know that that uh, can score. They got guys that can rebound. But I do agree with Tim. They need a couple guys on the defensive end to step up and either one become better defenders or go out and get some defenders to be able to get down in that crunch time to be able to get some stops. Because I think they could go shot for shot with the Lakers. The only issue is that the Lakers were getting stops and the Nuggets stopped getting stops. So Yeah, would Rajon uh, Rondo shoots forty percent from three in a playoff series? Right. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a real problem. So I was impressed by the Nuggets. I, I think that they'll be a uh, they should be in that Western Conference hunt for a while because all that talent is young. Um, and I hope they keep that core together. If the Nuggets are smart, uh, they'll keep that core guys together and, and be able to uh, build upon that. So I like that Nuggets team a lot. Um, it's hard not I don't to. even I don't even think we mentioned um, the fact that they were missing uh, Will Barton in the bubble. Will Barton, which, yeah. yeah. Which, yep. you know, he's he's 15 points a game right off the rip. And I'm not saying that would have made, you know, made or, or broken the series itself. But, I mean, that's a lot of – that's consistent buckets right there. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. – I agree with you. I, not, not a whole lot of people talked about Will Barton, but he is an integral part of that team. And like Ben mm-hmm. said, like uh, this is a team that's got some young players that aren't fully developed yet. Uh, Bo Bowl, uh, we're all excited to see – what he's going to turn out to be. And obviously uh, I'll say this, Michael, uh, Michael Porter hit some big shots in the playoffs mm-hmm. um, and he's not afraid to take the big shots, uh, you know, which is, which is good. He's got a lot of work to do, but I appreciate just seeing what he's going to be able to give to this team, but they've got a, a, a decent future in front of them as long as their core stays healthy. Yep. It's time guys. Let's talk that Larry O'Brien trophy. Let's talk the finals. Let's talk so many storylines. So many storylines in this finals. The only possible way we could have more storylines would be if it was a Lakers-Celtics finals. And I don't even know if we do then, honestly. Yeah, but yeah. there's just so much to like play in this game. It's Obviously, it's LeBron going against the Heat, the team he won two NBA championships with, the two finals MVPs. It's Pat Riley running an organization against the, against the Lakers, who he won a ton of championships with. It's Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler who really stepped his game up so much and became this great leader for this team. It's Anthony Davis, his first chance at at an NBA championship. Um, It's after those two, how many players are the Heat had together better? It's LeBron James potentially winning his fourth NBA championship with his third NBA team. There's so many things into this thing, and I just can't wait for it. So I'll go ahead and we'll go around the table. Sean, I'll start with you. Uh, when you look at this finals, when you look at this matchup, what is the first thing that jumps out to you about these two teams playing each other? Well, Jimmy Butler is the the hardest working player in basketball, mm-hmm. and LeBron is the best player in the world. So you've got you've got the this, the true classic underdog who got you know who was drafted last, had to work his way on to a, to a starting roster, made several trades, was, was kind of written off this year. Was kind of written off, I'll be honest with you. Like, I even kind of wrote him off. Like, after, it's like, how many times are we going to – is Jimmy going to do it? And I didn't – I had no idea this team was going to become what it was. But um, 
LeBron is the generational superstar of this era. Completely, it's without question. He is back in the NBA Finals. How many finals has he had? And this will be his years? tenth. This yeah. will be his tenth NBA Finals. What in uh in what like eleven years? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So it's like you you see all of you, you see everything that he has done. He's got uh you know he's got three titles under his belt already. He wants to add another one coming to LA, especially this year with the the passing of Kobe Bryant in January. Uh, just the emotion of pushing that team back into the finals is huge. And, and the, the underdogs, uh, you know, down in Miami, down in South beach are just, they're playing incredible basketball and uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see what kind of unfolds with it. But I mean, there's just so many ways this can go. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a complete cakewalk for the Lakers. I don't either. Um, because no, no. just just the way that you know, it's rare that we get a we get a complete blowout NBA Finals these days, and um, there's some guys that are that are really 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 stepping up in Miami. Some role players that you know we had never even heard of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited to see the Lakers offense versus that Miami Heat zone. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see how LeBron, uh, who I consider a basketball savant, how he attacks that zone to find the weaknesses um, and, and how game by game, almost quarter by quarter, how they're going to go through and attack that zone and how, how the Heat will adjust to it. Eric Spolsha is a, is a magnificent coach. And he, um, and he's done – go ahead. And he, and, he, and he knows LeBron well. And he knows LeBron. No, yep. that's, he another, knows LeBron. that's another weird factor. Yeah, he knows LeBron. He knows LeBron's spots. He knows where LeBron likes to get the ball. He knows where LeBron likes to operate in offense. Um, so you, you got that. Um, another thing I like to see is how this young talent is going to – how they're going to shine here in the finals. You know, you know, pressure either makes diamonds or, or cracks cracks rocks, you know what I mean? So to see how a Tyler Hero is going to respond, you know, when LeBron James is chasing him off the screen or how Bam Adebayo is going to respond when he's on the block with Anthony Davis or how, you know, how Jimmy Butler is going to lead this team when you're facing these Goliaths of God. You know, the Heat team was not picked to do anything. These Laker team has been picked from day one as a championship contender. So you've got that, you know, how Jimmy Butler's going to, you know, I don't think he's going to need any extra motivation, but I think Jimmy Butler plays with enough chip on his shoulder that he understands the magnitude of, uh, yeah, we're the underdogs. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to do what we have to do. and We got to keep that dogged mentality. Um, and then how to see how the Lakers are going to respond to, uh, we were picked to be the guys from the beginning. We've made it to the finals. Are we going to fulfill our destiny or, or are we going to crumble and not be able to fulfill what we said we were going to from the beginning? So all the storylines I'm looking forward to, I'm super excited, super pumped about this series. And like you guys have already said, I do believe this series is going to be a lot tighter than what people are giving the credit for. No doubt about it. Yeah, I'm certainly with you both. Um, I know Josh kind of stepped out for a second there, but as quickly, could you kind of get your quick thoughts? When you, uh, when you look at this series, what jumps out to you? What's something you really look forward to from, this, from these matchups? I 
really want to see how Bam and Anthony Davis are going to go toe-to-toe, and is there going to be some type of coaching change, or is there going to be some type of um, system where they're going to move Bam around so that he's not guarding Anthony Davis and vice versa? Yeah. And I think that chess match to me is going to be kind of what determines how the series is going to go. You know, I don't know the, I don't know like the extent of Myers Leonard's like, I, I guess he's hurt and he's only played one game in the bubble in the playoffs. And um, you know, him being seven foot, you know, obviously would be huge if, if he could just get a size in there. I don't really know how they're going to run. Are they going to try to, run Kelly Olenek at him if he's if he's good to go are they going to use Jay Crowder or you know I don't know what they're going to do or is it just going to be Bam versus Davis and that's just they're going to go toe-to-toe because to be honest with you Bam Bam has impressed me with his ball handling his passing oh yeah and uh yeah you know he's got a nice little touch on his jump shot mid-range and like watching that last game against the Celtics I was like what in the world like I think he, he legit almost had a triple double yeah. Yeah. Boston, and, uh, Boston didn't have an answer for him. None. No. And he took over. He legit took over in that game. And, you know, they try to use different matchups and, um, you know, Bynes fouled out. And so it, it's going to be interesting to me to see how the Lakers or, or um, how the Lakers throw things at him. Is it just going to be straight up Davis? Or are they going to run Davis? And are they going to let JaVale McGee play? And are they going to let Howard play and just throw the three monsters at him? Or you know, are they going to let it be something different? So that's really the the take that, that I got going in. And then the Lakers shooters versus Miami shooters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are the two keys that I see. Because Miami shooters, when they get hot, man, it's lights out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, if you look at that Eastern Conference Finals, like Duncan Robinson really didn't play all that well. And they still found ways to win every game. They like – and you guys mentioned that zone and how big it is. With how you know he's obviously pretty well known to be a liability defensively. The way the Heat run that zone, they can bracket and hide him really well. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that really kind of stands out with the way they want to do that. Because the last thing Eric Spolster is going to let happen is if they LeBron calls nice when it's Duncan Robinson in front of him. It's not happening. Like they're going right. to find, they're not, they're not, <laughs> not going to go the way they want it to. But. Um, I kind of look at too, like the what Josh said, like not only the shooters against like the Lakers shooter against the Heat defense, I look at the Heat shooters against the Lakers defense as well because like, how's Tyler Hero going to handle like an Alex Caruso is such a good face up defender who mm-hmm. is in your who he is in your like he can feel your breath on him. Hopefully not mm-hmm. during COVID nineteen, but <laughs> like that he's that kind of defender where he just like is in your like space. He doesn't let you get away from him. Um, Dwight Howard's going to be such a huge thing for the Lakers in this series. Oh, I was going to say that. Gosh, Dwight Howard is going to be huge in this series. In, like, the, everything he's saying and everything, it's like, you know, that, that like, post he had with him and Jameer Nelson on his Instagram that, like, I said if I got back to he- got back here, I was going to do everything. I was going to leave it on the floor and do everything I could to win. And it's him having a full circle moment, another storyline, mm-hmm. potentially winning a championship in Orlando. Not for the magic, mm-hmm. but right. Um, right. it's a big thing there. So here's one set I kind of found interesting. 
So everyone's brought up this idea about Spolstra knows how to play LeBron. And obviously he does. They spent four years together every day. Like mm-hmm. they were, they went, to, you know, they traveled together. They were in camps together. They had the greatest regular season win streak of all time together at one point. Um, but for some reason, since LeBron's joined the Lakers, they're four no against the heat and he averages a double, double. But on that other end, as Sean, Josh, and I know very well from our Bulls, our Bulls fandom, there's only one guy in the playoffs history that has guarded LeBron better than Jimmy Butler, and his name is Kawhi Leonard. Wow. So it's like there's so wow. many different things here. Um, Josh brought up the idea of Bam Adebayo, and, like, dude, no one loves the way he's played more than I have. But what worries me about the heat in this scenario, and I'll kind of get your guys' thoughts on this, is, yeah, he's the best option to guard Anthony Davis he's the best option to guard LeBron James too. So it's like, mm-hmm. how do you use him in those defensive scenarios? Like he can't guard both of those guys. And I understand you have Jimmy Butler and you have that zone defense and that's the idea of it. But like, how does Spolster really spread that out for him when he has those two assignments? Like when they're both on the floor, is he sticking to Davis and kind of like letting Butler and Drogic and those guys handle LeBron and like try to keep him out of the paint? Because I don't see that as a success rate for the heat in that circumstance. No, and, and also, too, you have to worry about Bam picking up fouls. I mean, right. if Anthony Davis is going at him and he picks up two quick fouls, then you're really struggling. Yeah. You know what I mean, because you really don't have anybody else that can guard those guys. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they do that because, you know, if, if like I said, if Bam gets in foul trouble uh, or if Anthony Davis is, is, you know, running him up and down the floor and he's not effective being a rim protector, um, you know, that's that's a real problem for the Heat. So um, I think they'll run a multitude of guys at him. Um, I do think Dwight Howard is going to play a huge role in guarding Bam out of Bayou. Um, not, I mean, I, I hate to say it, not only as a bully role, but just, as, just you know, beating him up, pushing him around, trying to get him moving into paint, also trying to pick up fouls. I mean, you know, that's going to be tough for, for, for Bam, you know, because, you know, Dwight Howard, um, as much as people like to hate on him, I mean, he's that guy is still a legit defender and he's still a legit player. He's so, a ridiculous athlete still. Yeah, he's still a ridiculous athlete. So, I, I mean, I, I think that when you start able to throw multiple people um, at Bam and give him different looks and give him different defenders, and then he's got to try to defend these guys. I mean, that's 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 a tough task for him, you know, and to try to stay out of tr- foul trouble with all that. So. That'll, that'll be difficult for him. That'll be difficult for Bam to be able to do that. Um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the, the Heat's, like, kind of path to the finals. Whoops. My, my thing just flipped on me. Hold on. <laughs> uh, Professionals, we are. We promise, folks. <laughs> no, I want to kind of talk about Miami's path to the finals because I don't think people realize that, you know, playing in the East – and I know the season was shortened and, um, you know, so some of the stats are a little skewed a little bit, but they went up against the Pacers in the first round, right? Swept them. Um, Don't they did. Me. They did. But the Pacers' defensive efficiency rating was number six in the NBA. Yeah. So mm-hmm. – then the next round, they beat the Bucks, and the Bucks was number one defensive efficiency in the NBA. And then they turn around and beat the Celtics, 
and the Celtics was the number four ranked defensive efficiency team in the NBA. And now they are playing the Lakers, who are the number three defensive efficiency team in the NBA. So, like, their path wasn't easy. Like, right. it wasn't no. like they was – like they right. was just like, oh, we're a five seed and, you know, we're playing all these teams that can score. And like they went up against like all the defensive juggernauts and their defense was better than the defenses that they played against, obviously, because they scored more points. But Miami is ranked 11th in the defensive rating efficiency. And we didn't see it as much during the season. But like we said, this whole last series and the series before, like they went zone. And zone's not something we see a lot of in the NBA. It happens every now and then. And, you know, Tim and I and Ben were talking about how teams are, like, all of a sudden doing crazy things, like throwing triangle into certain players, and they're double teaming, and they're running people at guys, and it's not really a true man-to-man style anymore. So what do you think Spolstra is thinking right now going against the juggernaut defense of the Lakers? Like we said, the Lakers are long. They're long everywhere. When they don't have Rondo and Caruso on the floor, I mean, the Lakers' smallest guy is like six seven. Yeah, you know they they literally could go you know LeBron Kuzma and the three bigs, or um, they they have the ability to stay long and lanky on the floor, um, where the Lakers can get a lot of offensive rebounds if they need to. They can make force you into some really long jump shots because you don't want to drive into the lane. So I'm interested to see like how Spolstra attacks the lineups that the Lakers put out there um, with going up against that defense. Cause we've seen the Lakers sometimes have some crazy suffocating defense, man, with those yeah. guys out on the floor. Well, you brought up that point of um, the LeBron Kuzma and the three bigs. And I laugh at that in the sense that like Gilbert Arenas made that same point and he kind of talked about it, like, and I was like, that sounds kind of crazy. And then you think about it and you're like, LeBron at the point, Kuzma at the 280 at the three, Dwight at the four, JaVale at the five. You're like, if they actually did that, like, that would be frightening. Like, how do you get in the paint on that team? I don't think you do. I don't think they'll actually run that no. <laughs> uh, by any means. But I think, you know, the scoring part of that would be a little tricky. Um, but right. like you said, well, like. The crazy part about that, Tim, too, is all those guys can run the floor. Like, right. they're, not, they're not slow bigs. They're like bigs that could run the floor. Like, it, I, that would be scary to me if they just tried it for – a little while just to like see a couple what possessions happen. yeah yeah i would dig it um here, here's a really weird thing so i think the big thing everyone has said about the lakers all year is like well who's guy three that steps up so we we talked we joked earlier rajon rondo shot i think 41 percent from three in the in the western conference finals um contavious caldwell pope this whole postseason has shot 43 percent from three he has been a bucket getter for the lakers yeah and like that's something where I'm not necessarily going to go on here and say Catavius Caldwell Pope's could win the MVP, the Finals MVP by any means, but he has really been really valuable for this team as a two-way player. Um, weirdly enough, on box plus minus with shooting 43% from three, he's been a negative offensive player and a positive defender. <laughs> 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 Just typical KCP goofy numbers like that. Yep. Um, my curiosity on the Heat though is. How do they use their point guards? So is this going to be something where, like, you know, there's spots in the final in the, in the conference finals where you saw Butler kind of running the point. Um, there are situations where obviously they were they leaned on Goran, and we've talked on these shows all year about how underrated Goran Dragic is and how mm-hmm. the Heat managed to keep him and how huge that's been for them. Um, so 
how do they use that? You know, does Kendrick Nunn get any play? Because he really didn't play at all in the conference finals, even though he was second in rookie of the year voting and he was all, all NBA rookie. How does he play a role in this? Um, I don't necessarily know if he does. I think that like, and we've seen this in the past from Spo. I mean, can you guys remember other than like Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole, a young guard that played for the Heat in the finals? Mm-hmm. No, no. Mm-mm. So I think that there's just so many different dynamics. And these teams, teams, like they mesh so well with their playing styles. And I think that's something that makes this fun. And we didn't even mention the idea that Frank Vogel's never beat Eric Spolstra in a playoff series. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. He's also, he's also never had LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Spolstra <laughs> had LeBron in those. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little different. Yeah. You know, now Frank Vogel's like, yeah. Now what do you think? I got LeBron now. So let's <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when they were like, maybe the Lakers will hire Ty Lue to be their coach? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, well, Jason Kidd's there, so maybe when like things mess up with Vogel, they can just have him, have him step up. Really good thing they didn't do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's be happy that they stayed the course. Yeah. I'll be honest, man. I really liked Vogel when he was in Indiana. Love him. And, uh, I think he's yeah. a great coach. I did, too. Yeah. I did, too. And he had some battles – he had some battles with those Heat teams, man. Oh, yeah. There was one mm-hmm. series they went seven games, and, you yeah. know, d- there was a couple times I thought he was going to get Spolster, man. I really did. They, yeah, I mean, that guy's a heck of a coach, man. He does a great job. So, I guess here kind of, we can kind of break everything down forever if we wanted to. Um, kind of go around the table real quick. Biggest dynamic in this series to you guys in your eyes – uh, ben, we'll start with you. Um, I think biggest dynamic is uh, Lakers shooting versus Heat zone. Okay, that's my that's my biggest take. Sean, I'm sorry, you cut out. What'd you say? Your biggest dynamic, the thing that jumps out to you the most about this matchup. Um, the most dynamic. Um, I mean, I would go back to the Bam and and AD. Uh, matchup i think that's going to be the thing that's going to be the deciding factor that's going to be the most dynamic about this this is the these are the two players that basically decide the outcome of this this whole series in my mind i like it would you would you agree with that i would um but i also you know number 23 for los angeles is going to have the ball in his hands a lot I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. But you know, those are the, I think feel like those guys are going to be the, the deciding factor in this. They're not, they're not LeBron. I agree. LeBron is really the, he's, he's the dude. Jimmy's kind of the dude in in Miami, but those two guys, I I feel like are going to be everything that, everything that is is the whole tone that's going to be set through this whole series is going to be those two guys. I agree. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait for it. Uh, for me, it's, uh, I, I want to see the dynamic of when the Heat actually go man. If they play man, who draws the responsibility and how do they attack LeBron James? Yeah. And I know this is going to sound crazy. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retro myself back to 2015. And uh, if you remember that finals, that was uh, Golden State versus uh, Cleveland. And Iguodala was the one that drew the assignment of guarding Mm -hmm. LeBron 
And I know everybody looks at just the numbers and they say, well, LeBron averaged, you know, almost a triple-double that series. But when you look at the volume of the shooting that LeBron had to take in that series to get his points and you look at the field goal percentage and then you look at the when he was guarded by Iggy, like Iggy kind of clamped him. And that's why he won <laughs> – that's why he won the, the uh, MVP, which I probably still would have gave it to Curry, but – um, his shooting percentage against Iguodala was like 35% on the – like just like when, when they were actually one-on-one guarding each other. And I know Iggy's a shell of himself, but I was wondering if that's a, if that's a, um, a type of thing that they throw at, at the Lakers and try to decoy that with him or they maybe try to simulate it with a, a bigger like Jay Crowder or somebody like that. I just really don't know how they're going to try to attack LeBron because I know LeBron's really good at getting switches, and if he gets a Tyler Hero on him or a Duncan, yeah, um, he hunts. It, it's it, it, it's it's going to be ugly. So, I think they're going to blitz him a lot. Honestly, I think they're going to try to take they're going to try to get the ball out of his hands as much as they possibly can. The thing is, he's so you know, like like Ben said, he's such a savant that he like whatever trick you throw at him, it seems like he knows the trick, and I think that that's going to be a really fun dynamic as far as that goes. Um, because like you said, Josh, like when you look at that Heat team, there's maybe Jay Crowder's guarded LeBron in the playoffs before. Andrew Godal's guarded him in the finals. Jimmy Butler's guarding him in the playoffs. So it's like these are guys that have seen him before, and they, to some extent, these guys have had success. Iguodala's the only one that we just mentioned from that group that's actually beat him in a series. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you go back to that Bulls-Cavs series when, LeBron, when Rose, and Rose hits the buzzer beater and then the next game LeBron hits the buzzer beater, like Butler was all over him a lot in that series. Yeah. Um, even that, like, there's that famous Heat Bull series that we all know about where there's that point in the game when Butler and LeBron are like falling over on a rebound, and they're kind of like legs are crossed, they're pushing each other and stuff, like on the mm, ground. Right. So that physicality is there. Um, I think for me, the biggest dynamic is we've seen both these teams like have been, you know, like. The Lakers were first famous in this play in this playoffs, especially in that last series, for having these double digit leads and letting the team come back in. The Heat were famous for being down double digits and fighting back in. So it's like, how what gives in that circumstance, and how does that go? Because I think that like when it comes down to it, look, the two on two game, we know who wins at every time. Um, but I think just when you throw everything else in there, how these groups work together is going to make this what's what you know going to make this the most interesting uh which brings us to let's close the show here guys uh sean we'll start with you who wins how many games and who's finals mvp um i'm gonna go with uh lakers in six um and i'm actually i'm gonna go with anthony davis actually uh on this i i feel like lebron is going to defer to him and um i i I don't necessarily think this is about a, a MVP performance from LeBron. Agreed. It could it could be. It could be. Might be. This I'm could be a Shaq D. Wade. Yeah. This could be this this could exactly that is ex, that is exactly what I'm looking for. It could be the Shaq D. Wade situation. Um, but I think uh I just think they're gonna be able to just throw too much at him. Uh LeBron and A D, they're like I said, they're the best duo in basketball. Um, mm-hmm. the, the heat, uh, they've had a phenomenal run here. I mean, it's, it's historic. I mean, I've never, I've never seen an underdog fight through the playoffs the way that they have. And, uh, but I, I just don't think they, I think they're one true 
and it's weird to say this because they're in the finals. They're one true great piece away from being able to beat a LeBron-level team. However, prove me wrong, Miami. Let's see what you got. Yeah. <laughs> Where would it end it? Prove me wrong. <laughs> All right, Betty, what do you think? Um, I also think Lakers in six. Um, to me – I think LeBron is always fighting for his legacy, which is odd. Um, but I do feel like um, I think there's some – the death of Kobe, um, you know, the whole bubble situation. I just think LeBron uh, will put himself on a higher plane um, and try to dominate this series. So I say Lakers in six, LeBron MVP. Once again – you know, trying to cement his already just magnificent legacy. Yeah. Sometimes Josh has got something brewing. He's got some brewing. I know it. <laughs> Look, I, I say it, Josh. Am, say it. <laughs> I, I so bad. I so bad want the Heat to win this series, and. I think that this is going to be very similar to the Denver series where all the games are going to be close. Um, and I don't, I don't know if Miami has enough firepower at the end of a game to keep like AD and LeBron off the free throw line or, um, you know, I was reading earlier today, you know, they were showing like the all time, points for game leaders in playoff history. And um, I don't know if Anthony Davis's games played is enough to give us a full scale of, of his contribution in the playoffs, but he's third all time <laughs> at over 29 points a game. And that's, that's at 30 playoff games. So he hasn't had a lot of playoff games compared to a lot of the other guys, but to be on that list third all time behind Allen Iverson and Michael Jordan, says a lot about the damage that guy can do in the playoffs. And I'm pretty much on the same line with Sean that Lakers in six with AD as the MVP. I like it. I think that like, so I guess I got to be the different person here, right? Yeah. Heat and seven, baby. Heat and seven. <laughs> no, I'm not Juwan Howard. I saw he put that on Jalen Jacoby today. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta ask Tim if, if the Miami Heat do – beat the LA Lakers this year. Are you going to buy a Butler jersey? I already want one regardless. I know, but I don't know, man. I feel like there might be like some like hostility. So, no, no, not at all. Like these have been like by far. These okay. have been my these have been we'll my see. two favorite teams to watch all year. So okay. for me like I love this. I'm okay. so excited about this. I've loved everything about this heat team all these young dudes who follow, follow Jimmy Butler's lead. So and, like every shot you're going to be like, yeah. No, yeah. not necessarily like that. As a basketball fan, I'm going to enjoy it. Okay. Um, and I'm going to watch every game, and I'm going to have, have a blast with it. But here's what it kind of came down to when I was looking at this team, because like I said earlier, I think the way these two teams play, they mesh really well together. Um, their styles like, are, are a perfect game of chess, especially when you have Eric Spolstra and Frank Vogel at the helm. Um, and there's a lot of things where I give the Heat a little bit more credit than most, where like you guys are saying you don't necessarily know they have enough firepower to stop LeBron and Anthony Davis. I totally agree with that. But also, I don't know if the Lakers have enough to, like, when Duncan Robinson is hitting three or four threes in a row, what do they throw at him? When Goran Dragic is getting that pick and roll going with Bam Adebayo, how exactly are they going to stop that? There's going to be moments where the Heat have those games. 
And I think that they're going to be able to be competitive in those circumstances. Um, but what it kind of came down to is when I looked at it, I looked at, okay, Rajon Rondo has won an NBA championship. JaVale McGee has won two NBA championships. We already know LeBron James has four. Dwight Howard's played in the NBA finals. Um, Anthony Davis has obviously been in big series where he's been the underdog. He's been the favorite in series. And we've seen the level he's gone to this year. Where on the other end, you're kind of just looking at, okay, yeah, Jimmy Butler got pretty close to an Eastern Conference finals, right? Like he didn't play in one. Mm-hmm. Um, Udonis Haslam's got one, baby. Exactly. Udonis Haslam has three NBA championships. And Andre Godala has also three NBA championships and five appearances. But after that, they have nothing but Spolstra, who's also going to be a bit so dynamic. He's a great basketball coach. He's a great brain. So for me, I think this series actually goes seven. I think it's going to be a rock fight. With how good both these teams have played defense in the bubble, I think they're, both these teams are going to be very dynamic. But at the end of the day, I just think that NBA, that Lakers championship group, all those guys that have won championships are just going to be too much. So I think the Lakers win it in seven. And I think LeBron mm. James gets his fourth MVP because I just think in a game seven, and I know what everyone's going to say. Well, Michael Jordan never played in a game seven. I'm not even getting into that. There's no better we're gonna game bring it up. We were going to bring it up, Tim, just in case Nobody wanted to said. rage a little harder about it. <laughs> There's never been a better game seven player in NBA history than LeBron James. And that's why I think that he wins the finals MVP in seven games. I okay. like it. Okay. I hope you're right. I would love to see seven games. I, I hope you're right. Yeah, like I said, like these have been my two favorite teams to watch all year. Just the dynamic of the Heat and all those guys coming together and the superstar duo because, let's be honest, the NBA really missed super teams this year. We can say all about, like, it's so great it's spread out. Like, we missed the Warriors. We really mm-hmm. missed it. Like, Absolutely. It was something that brought people to the game. Like, they wanted to see them lose and they wanted to see them be dynamic. You know, and, like, we didn't have that this year. So, like, mm-hmm. the Lakers were the closest thing we had to it. You know who hey, else is anybody... to it? The Clippers. <laughs> yeah. does, um, does does any of the coaches the does does any of the coaches on that Lakers coaching staff have rings as coaches? I know Jason Kidd has one as a player. Yeah. Um, Phil Handy has a couple does... as a coach, obviously, because he's been in like thirty straight finals. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, Josh. I, I, I think that. I think I think that that piece of it, actually coaching in the finals, like Spolster's been there, Vogel has not. Right. Um, you know, is LeBron going to take over the coaching? He's been there multiple times. Um, are they going to bring in, you know, special assistant to the assistant coaches to help out with consultants? Are they going to bring? Are they going to bring Walton back? You know, he's been in some championships before. <laughs> hey, here's a real but, question: Will the NBA let Dwayne Wade in to watch this? The Heat against his best friend? No. Will he be allowed in the bubble for this? I got a serious question on top of that. After that, does 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 Deion Waiters get a ring regardless? He yeah. does, actually. He's he eligible for he both does. teams. He is. Does but Miami give him a ring if they win? Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> he didn't really leave Miami <laughs> on the best of terms. That's what you're say. Is it? Is his ring going to be made of gummy? (laughs) (laughs) Better question. Because now we're just having fun with this. This G.R. Smith celebrate the championship if the Lakers win shirtless again. Oh, yeah. Bottle of Henny Henny in hand, baby. Of course he does. There's no other way to celebrate unless if you're J.R. Smith. Yeah. Well, look, 
I'm not going to be mad if the Heat lose. I know we all kind of feel like it's going to be a fun series. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be mad if the Heat win, I should say. It's going to be a very fun, competitive series. I'm so excited for it. Um, I'm not going to take anything away from the fact we get an NBA Finals with the year we've had in basketball and not having basketball for four months. So the fact that we're here, no matter what point of the, of the actual calendar year it is, is great to me. Um, so um, I'm on vacation next week, but I know the guys are probably putting some plans together what they're going to do here uh, to kind of give you guys a show and kind of what the finals are like so far. But thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I saw we had a pretty decent Facebook crowd tonight. Thank you all who are listening to the show each and every week. And we really appreciate everything we're doing. You guys following everything we're doing. Um, Friday, we'll have another at-large bid uh, mini-sode on these draft previews. We will have the Charlotte Hornets out. So if you guys want to get 12 minutes of what you th- we think the Hornets will do in this draft, um, we'll have that for you. And then next week, we'll, of course, have the Bulls. So everyone, thank you all. Have a good night. Enjoy the finals. We finally have it.